This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. I've got news about my dad. I haven't talked much about him in the last couple shows, maybe a a little bit here and there, but um, I told you I wasn't going to tell you anything until something fairly biggish happens, and something fairly biggish is going to happen today. I record this show on Saturday mornings, and so later today, my dad will be leaving the transition care facility and going home. He'll be going to live in his house. It's going to be an interesting few days, couple of weeks, just to see how well he does. He's going to need some help. My sister's going to stay with him for a while. Uh, we're working on what other possible contingency plans about in-house, you know, at-home health uh, help and other kinds of assistance. We're going to see what's possible. But uh, he's, uh, he's cognitively, he's, uh, he's still slightly diminished, slightly. I, but I think he's mostly back to where he was. His sense of humor's there. His, you know, he's just, he doesn't hear very well. So some of his, what might be uh, seeming like cognitive impairment might just be the fact that he didn't really hear what you said. So we all have to remember to speak up when we talk to him uh, to make sure that he knows what's going on. Uh, physically, he's still working his way back to where he was. Whether he'll ever get exactly there, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see what happens. I'll let you know about other kinds of possible developments and that might be happening in the future. Uh, we're, you know, we're just, you know, checking with lawyers, <laughs> for one thing. And we're also checking with, you know, just to protect his assets and stuff like that. Because the state will come and get them. Oh, we want your assets. You know, the state will come and get them uh, if they if it can. Um, you know, why should filthy rich people be the only people to be able to protect their 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 you know their assets? Why should they be the only ones? Why can't you know middle class people and and my dad's you know, firmly in middle class? Why can't they protect their stuff? You know, why does the state get to take it all from them and from poor people? Yeah, it's, you know why? Well, because you know rich people can afford lawyers. Really good lawyers. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> and they'll, you know the system's kind of rigged for the rich people. Anyway, yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'll try not to get too political on this show. I, I, I was writing the notes. I said, let's try to do a show where I don't get too political, because <laughs> I do sometimes get there. And I'm not some political scientist who knows what the hell I'm talking about. I'm just going with my opinions, and I could be wrong. And if you think I'm wrong, send me an email. Email me at dimland.com. 
and uh, it, uh, it's Dr. Dim at dimland.com. Email me there. Say, hey, dude, you're wrong. Uh, you know, just give your opinion or, or whatever. Back it up with some evidence if you can. You know, or ask me a question or just say, hey, how's it going? Love your fun socks, which I haven't bought a pair in a while. Uh, I did get a pair of fun socks from a friend of mine uh, that uh, one of the skeptics, one of the elders of the skeptics, uh, it was last month, I think, uh, he came down and he had a pair of socks for me. And they were uh, uh, socks put out by the band Tool. A really cool design on it. And, you know, he knows how what a big fan I am of Tool. Wow. I, I like some of what I've heard of theirs. <laughs> I'm in that category. I did see them in concert with my wife. That friend and another friend were also at that same show. And it was, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Anyway, except for the couple that talked through the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> I don't get it. The show is happening now. It's right there on the stage. The show is happening right now. You and your friend, or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you can talk later. The show is happening now. Live in the now. Talk later. Go out to dinner. Have drinks afterward and say, what a great show that was. Aren't we glad that we paid attention to it and didn't just sit next to each other and talk the whole goddamn time? <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> I am once again recording the show from the basement of Nostalgia Zone. Nostalgia Zone is a comic book store here in Minneapolis. Uh, I work uh, on Saturdays. I'm actually here in the store. If you're in the Twin Cities and you're into comic books, why not look up Nostalgia Zone and come down on a Saturday and come in and say, Hi, I listen to Dimland Radio. And I'll say, What? You're the one? <laughs> in fact, I'm wearing a Dimland Radio t-shirt right now. Uh, you can find my swag somewhere on uh, at dimland.com. You go there. You can find the show notes. It's, uh, you know, just click on the show notes blog option. And I think there's a store thing, kind of thing there. And if you want to get yourself a Dimland Radio t-shirt to wear that and people can look at you and say, what the hell is that? And you'll say, I don't know. It's some podcast that I never listened to. But, you know, I like Jim, so I bought it for him. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, here at Nostalgia Zone, we sell back issues of comic books. We don't get the new stuff as it comes out. Eventually, it trickles in, some of it anyway. Uh, but we we do back issues. We go all the way back to Golden Age, but it's primarily Silver Age and Bronze Age stuff. If you're a comic book collector, you know all the age stuff that I'm talking about. If you're not, well, maybe you should look things up. Do a little research once in a while. Anyway, no, you know, if you're not into comic books, you're not into comic books. But if you are... Check out Nostalgia Zone. You can become a member of our membership, which is a spaceship. And you can save 10% on your purchases. You can earn points toward, that you can apply to future purchases to save even more. And sometimes our books have extra discounts on them for our members only. So become a member. It's free. You'll get an email once or twice a month. But hey, you know, check it out. So anyway, that's, that's my commercial. It's NostalgiaZone.com. Look at some comic books and, 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 hey, not only do we have comic books, we have magazines. We have a fair amount of Mad Magazine. You know Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine came from EC Comics, uh, the, the Entertainment Comics Comics. <laughs> it was uh, 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 William Gaines was the publisher back then. And back in the 1950s, there was a there was a bit of a, a kerfuffle about comic books, you know, causing kids to become juvenile delinquents. 
and the, the the Senate got a subcommittee together to go after comic books to find out the stuff. And EC Comics got got really hammered by 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 the politicians because they were doing books that were um, a little uh, um, a little more mature than the you know than a Superman comic book it meant for an older readership than young kids and they'd have crime stories and horror stories and stuff like that and they'd have some fairly fairly graphic art not super graphic but you know for, for the 1950s he was like oh this is pretty graphic but they would do stuff like that and anyway they came under the scrutiny of the government and uh, Gaines decided you know uh, the, the the industry decided to to police themselves by creating the Comic Books Authority Code, a comic, uh, let's see, Comics Accord, uh, Authority Code, I, whatever it's called. And so they came up with it, and it was like a self-policing, here's some rules, you can't do this, you can't do that, the bad guys always got to lose, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and, and, and Gaines didn't want to be part of that. So what he ended up doing was he shuttered all the comic book titles that he had. He took one of his comic book titles that was mad, and he turned it into a magazine. Magazines didn't fall under the same kind of scrutiny as comic books did, and didn't have that comics, uh, comics authority code thing going on. So we could have a little more leeway. So Mad Magazine came about. And, and you're familiar with Mad Magazine. It's a satirical look at the world, at advertising, at movies, at silliness, you know, all kinds of things. And it's, it's a goofy comic book and with some, some brilliant artists and writers in there. I mean, just absolutely, just you look at some of the stuff and it's just, oh, God, you know, Jack Davis and Mort Drucker. Uh, those guys, you know, just were so good at their work. Uh, Norman Mingo did a lot of the covers. Such a good illustrator. So, such good work. Really, really outstanding work. And uh, we have a number of them here at Nostalgia Zone. And uh, down here in the basement, on a stack of boxes, we had a Mad Magazine laying out there. It was really beat up. The, the cover was, the spine was completely split. The cover was off of the book, uh, you know, off of uh, the magazine, I should say. Uh, the magazine was still there, the back cover and everything, but everything was split. It just, you know, it's just, it was not, it was not in great shape. Uh, at least the cover was split off from the magazine. The magazine was still intact. Anyway, so there it was laying on the box. And I, I, I'd look at it and I said, can this be real? This is serious. Surely Man Magazine didn't do this. Well, in there, it, it was issue number 166, the cover date of which was April 1974, which is almost 50 years ago. God damn. Can that be right? <sighs> anyway. So I was, I turned 10 in 1974. Anyway, um, so it, I, it, most of the covers of the magazine featured a character. You know the name of the character, do you? Do you know the name of the character? You're saying it now? Are you saying it now, class? Are you saying it? Good. Oh, you had it. You got it. Good, good. Uh, well, those of you who didn't know, Alfred E. Newman. He was this, uh, this cherub-looking, trollish-looking, uh, freckle-faced kid with a big gap in his front teeth. He, he looks sort of like, uh, I think the actor's name is Robert Morse. Uh, he was in uh, How to Get Ahead with, in Business Without Really Trying. I think he was in that. He was also in Mad Men. That was one of the last things he did. He was uh, much older at that point. Uh, and it was a cross between him and newsman Ted Koppel. Oh, 
do we does the world need a Ted Koppel now with uh, what's going on in the world? Oh, I told you I wasn't going to get political. Sorry. Anyway, so the two of them kind of mash them together, and that's sort of what Alfred E. Newman looks like. Uh, you know, so he would be on most of the covers, not all of them, but most of them. He wasn't on this cover unless it's his hand that we're seeing. And what we see, what's on that cover, and I'll you go to the show notes and check it out, is just a just a hand raised, giving the finger. The middle finger is up, just giving the finger. And I think it had what did it say? What did it say on it? It said, "Mad, the number one ek magazine." E C H H ek, like gross, ek, ek, you know. Kind of magazine, giving the finger, and I looked at. Is that is that real? Is that this is some kind of parody, right? This is some kind of some some kind of alt comic book magazine thing, parodying Mad, right? That's that's what this is. So uh, you know, and I've got a couple bosses here. Is Chris is the main boss, and then there's Ralph, and I I I just asked Ralph. I said, Do you see that? Is that real? He says, I don't know. I I. That looks weird to me. We asked Chris about it. He comes in and he says, yeah, that's that's real. That's an actual uh, Mad Magazine. That's the cover. Uh, yeah. And he said that received um, from what he had read and learned over his years of being a comic book dealer. He says it had it received the most ma- complaint mail of any of the covers that Mad Magazine did. I mean, just a few issues before they did one where it said "mad" is a four-letter word, done in some graffiti on a wall, uh, on the magazine cover, uh, and that okay, that one got by without too much of a of a of a wave of a splash of, of any kind of a problem, and this one comes out and oh boy, and uh, William Gaines, who was you know publisher of that that magazine. He thought it was an okay cover. He said, that's fine, and he he okayed it being published and going out there. And then this, the complaints came in, and he said he sent out personally hundreds of apology letters to subscri- subscribers who, who who were objecting to the cover. And he's you know I I don't know if in the letters he was explaining no this wasn't a message to you it was just you know we're just being irreverent and funny and we just we didn't really think this would be uh, you know didn't I, I don't know I don't know exactly the words he put in it but I would imagine that that's some of what he was he was reassuring his his subscribers who were upset by it that this was not a message to them it was just uh, just you know mad being mad you know uh, and so. It's and it and what ended up happening was the book was pulled from a lot of the newsstands and magazine places where you, you know, buy your magazines back then, mostly newsstands in those days. They were pulled, either um, sent back to the distributor, uh, or they were destroyed. And so that particular issue has become somewhat rare because of all the uh, because of the problem there with the giving the finger on the cover. We did have one. That I put on to our in our inventory just recently, within the last two weeks, we had an issue come in. It was rated at very good, fine condition, which is a 5.0 on a scale that goes from from I don't know 0.5 point you know 0.5 up to maybe a 10. But boy, tens are exceedingly rare. Exceedingly rare. Nine eighths are pretty rare. 
Uh, here in our store, we go up to a 9.4. As I said before, the boss says, I, said, I asked him, why isn't there any higher than that? And he says, nobody's perfect. He doesn't believe in a perfect comic book. So he would never sell a book that he rated at a 10 because he doesn't think that that's, that, that happens. It's the nature of publishing of comic books, especially the older ones. The way you know books were printed and cut and, and, and distributed, having a, a absolutely pristine, perfectly cut uh, um, uh, comic book it's just just not not likely to happen, especially from Silver Age back. You know, it's just not gonna. Bronze Age, you might get a little bit better. Modern books, they can do. You know, the publishing and uh, uh, printing of comic books and, and and binding and cutting and, and shipping all of them has gotten you know much better. So maybe you can get a really good condition book, but he doesn't believe in anything above a nine point four. So we had a copy of. A 5.0, which is fine, which is very good, fine or VGF uh, of of uh, Mad that we had priced at $32, and it sold really quick. <laughs> Somebody saw that we had it and they scarfed it up. Um, so the the one that's really beat up that it might still be around here somewhere. That I don't know if we'll ever put that out for sale. Maybe we will. Because it's it's in such bad shape, we we might, but I I have no idea what kind of price we put on it. Five bucks, maybe. If if we could find it and then, and put it into a magazine bag, and if the boss says for five bucks or whatever, I might buy it just to have it. But what a cover! <laughs> that's just that's just nuts that uh, such a thing got passed. But it's real. I'll link to it in the show notes. You'll you'll see it. Uh, okay, I've gotten to my first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. Uh, I promise. The streets are the few. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I did, I don't know if you can call it a debunking exactly, uh, but I did a correction of something that was shared on the social media. Uh, somebody had shared, I think I saw it, yeah, some, uh, a Facebook friend had shared an image uh, of three celebrities. Uh, it, and uh, the, the, it's uh, in the middle of the three is uh, is Pee Wee Herman. Uh, to Pee Wee's right is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and on Pee Wee's left is a blonde woman, a woman with blonde hair, reaching over to Elvira, putting a hand on her breast, on her one of her breasts, which Elvira had ample breasts. She did. Still does. She's still with us. Uh, Pee-wee is looking uh, kind of like, you know, his thing that he does. You know, he's, he's got that look. And the, the, the person who shared this uh, just shared the image without really saying anything about it. And I, I put a comment on there because I looked at the woman, the, the blonde-haired woman reaching out and copping a feel and I said, is that Lorraine Newman copying a feel? Okay, you have to be of a certain age, I imagine, to be able to keep up with all this. <laughs> if you're younger, you're not going to know what's going on. Lorraine Newman was one of the first members uh, uh, of the Saturday Night Live um, Not Ready for Primetime Players, the original cast. Lorraine Newman was one of the, I think, three women. Yeah, it was three. Jane Curtin and Gilda Radner were the other two. That were you know from the beginning of of Saturday Night Live. That she she was one of them, and she's you know so I. It's 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 I looked at the photo and 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 the woman is in in profile as as you, her face is in profile, and she's reaching across her body grabbing the boob. And I, I that's Lorraine Newman. You know I am a super recognizer. It's not a great superpower, but. If I if I know the face, I know the face. <clears throat> and I saw that I saw. I went. You know, is, that, is that Lorraine Newman copying a feel? I asked. And the person who posted said, "No, it's Tracy Lords." Okay, again, you have to be of a certain age, <laughs> I think, or a connoisseur of pornography. I'm not. I am of a certain age. Okay, I won't. I my connoisseur uh, 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 status. I, I won't go into that, but. Uh, it, it, they said it's Tracy Lords, and I looked. At them, That's not Tracy Lords. Now it's difficult to say for sure because because Lorraine Newman's arm is going across the front of her body, and so it's kind of hiding the uh, the chest area, kind of. But to my eye. It's she's she's not nearly as busty as Tracy Lords is or was or still is. I presume she still is. I know. You know, I'm a guy. I'm cognizant of women's chests. I I, I notice them. I do. You know, I'm a cis heterosexual male. I you know. What can I say? And I don't, you know, it's like, well, that's that's one thing. But the other thing is, it's like her face doesn't, you know, it's just, I'm I'm seeing Lorraine Newman. Well, 
I asked my wife, who no, not Tracy. Oh, Tracy Lords was in porn uh, in the eighties, and she was. There was a great big controversy about it because she was underage. She was. I think she broke into the porn industry when she was fifteen. I want to say. And, you know, she had a fake ID and everything. They tried, you know, they checked and said, oh, she's 18, okay. So, you know, she did a bunch of porn. And at some point, somehow, beans were spilled that she was underage. And and I don't know, uh, I don't think any of the, of the people who had sex with her on camera got in any kind of trouble uh, uh, I don't. I don't remember hearing anything about that. It was big. It, it was a bit of big news on the Entertainment Tonight circuit kind of thing, uh, where they were talking about you know Tracy Lords. You know she's underage. And here's the thing: there was a Penthouse magazine that uh, the magazine that featured Vanessa Williams, who was uh, uh, who was the first African American. I believe she was the first African American Miss America. She had to give up her crown because. When she was younger, she had done some pictures, some art pictures, where she posed nude, and there were some, you know, lesbian overtones where she was with another nude female model doing certain, you know, things. And those images came to light. They were in the Penthouse magazine. She had to give up her crown as uh, as Miss America because, you know, that's you know that's naughty, uh, and America has problems with with you know sex and. And in that same magazine is a photo spread of a 15 or 16-year-old Tracy Lords. Yep. So, and 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 don't ask me how I got it. I bought it at the time. I was a young guy. It was normal sexual kind of, you know, like I said, just a normal guy with normal. Yeah, <laughs> I get uncomfortable when I talk about this. Anyway, I had the magazine, and I had it for years. It was stuffed away in a box, had it just, you know, just put it with other collectible stuff, like the Playboys, the two Playboy magazines in which Farrah Fawcett did a nude spreads for it, and I, I you know, she was, I, you know, I had those because Farrah was my thing for quite a long time, and, and you know, so I had those, and I still have them because, you know, just Farrah's my thing, so, or was, it still is, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh... I, 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 it just dawned on me. I was talking with a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I shouldn't have that. I mean, I know she's underage. Tracy Lord's in there, and she's underage. I know that. It's not like I can plead ignorance or something. Well, yeah. I think I should get rid of it, and I did. I just uh, I just tossed it in the trash or something. Just, I did. Because, I, I, you know, I, I, I did. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't have it anymore. It wasn't like I... Yeah, like I said, it was stuffed away in a box. I'd forgotten about it. And then I think somehow it was in the news again or something like that. Or I just got in a conversation with a friend and so that came up in some way. And I went, oh, you know, I still have that. I should get rid of it. And my friend and my friend Dave said, yeah, you should get rid of that. <laughs> and I did. Okay. So anyway, so that's Tracy Lutz. So I show Amy, my wife, the picture. And I and I said, Who's in this picture? Well, she said, well, it's Elvira and Pee Wee Herman and Lorraine Tracy Lords. And I said, no, it's it's Lorraine Newman. I said, really? Because it looks like Tracy Lords. <laughs> yeah, because my wife knows Tracy. You might know Tracy Lords from her legit acting career, where she appeared in a few um, John Waters films, at least a couple of them, Cry Baby and Hairspray. She was in those. 
and uh, and she might have been in others. And it's just so you know. So my wife, I, I don't think she recognized her from porn. I think she recognized her from her legit movie career that she went to after she, you know, you know, after the scandal. Um, and I said, no, I, I didn't know. <laughs> And I think I showed it to someone else who also said Tracy Lawrence. I said, no, no, it's not. I looked it up on the internets, the image, and I found three or four other instances where that image was set up, and all of them say it's Elvira, Pee Wee Herman, and Tracy Lords. And I'm saying, no, no, it's not Tracy Lords. <laughs> it's Lorraine Newman. Uh, and I was determined at this point. The internet is wrong. You guys are wrong. That's not... One, she's not chesty enough. And two, it looks like Lorraine Newman. Now, I guess Tracy Lords kind of looks like Lorraine Newman too because so many people were seeing it. I don't know if they were distracted by the blonde hair and they don't generally think of Lorraine Newman, if they know who that is, as having blonde hair. You usually think of her as having red hair because she does. But in this case, she had blonde hair. So... Undaunted by the majority against me, I kept looking and I found an image of Lorraine Newman wearing the exact same top that she's wearing in the photo where she's take you know she's grabbing Elvira's boob. And I I, I shared that with someone says it's Lorraine Newman that's her right there she's got the blonde hair she's got the same top on it's her. You know, and so the person who originally posted, well, I was just, you know, the internet told me it was, it was Tracy Lord says, well, the internet's wrong. And he says, well, okay. And, and then I said, I said, and I, I dug even deeper because um, Lorraine Newman, uh, she, she got into the entertainment industry th uh, through, or at least, I don't know if it was her first thing that she did, but she was part of a member of a, of a comedy improv troupe called The Groundlings. And, uh, and that, I don't know if it's still going today, but the Groundlings was, like, like I said, an improv troupe where people would, ambitions to be actors or comedians or something, would go to this and, and learn how to do improvisation and, and, you know, work on those kinds of skills. And, and uh, like, Lorraine Newman was, a, was part of the Groundlings in the 1970s. And I had a little tickling in my head saying, wasn't Pee Wee Herman in that too? And that's a, and didn't Pee Wee Herman and and Elvira weren't they kind of you know? So I started looking up and I found a a, 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 a website that has that has a bit about about the Groundlings and they had the the alumni kind of broken down into decades and then the 1970s there's Lorraine Newman and in the 1980s there's Paul Rubens and Cassandra Peterson. Now who are they? Well. Paul Rubens is Pee Wee Herman, and Cassandra Peterson is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So there's, I, I think I made my case. <laughs> I found a picture, that's Lorraine Newman, not Tracy Lords. it's looking straight on at her. You see her, that's that's Lorraine Newman, that's not Tracy Lords. You know it is, if you know who the two people are. You know that's what that is. And, wearing the same outfit and all that, and then there's the connection of the groundlings. So, I th I could be wrong, but it ain't Tracy Lords. It's Lorraine Newman. So take that. I have a recommendation for a YouTube channel. <laughs> it's called Para Breakdown. Uh, it's a skeptical thing. 
Uh, the guy who puts that together, I have no idea what his name is. He looks at uh, claimed uh, photographs and, and video footage of, of paranormal type stuff. A lot of Bigfoot in there. A lot of blob squatches. What's a blob squatch? A blob squatch is a... It, it, specifically, but in more of a general sense as well, but specifically it's a picture of a Bigfoot that is just close enough to the camera to be interesting and just far enough away from the camera to not have the details that you need to be able to determine what it is exactly. So it's in that. And as uh, Steve Novella of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe uh, often says, that it's the, it's the ambiguousness of the images, of the videos, of the you know of that stuff. It's the ambiguousness of the of the evidence that is the phenomenon. If it was a clear, if it was a crystal clear photograph of something, we would know what that something is. We would be able to identify it. And if it's a Bigfoot, chance you know, if the claim is it's a Bigfoot, chances are really good. If you got a good view of it, you say, no, that's not. That's a that's obviously a, a Chewbacca costume or something like that. You can find that costume on the internet. It's somebody. It's 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 not you know it's not real. It's not an actual primate. Or you know if it's a, if it's a UFO thing, where it's you know you if you if you had a nice clear crystal clear image, you would say oh that's a balloon, one of those mylar balloons that's just floating in the air. Or that's a duck. Or that's a a jet airliner that's just off at a distance and turned a certain way, so we're seeing the heat plumes from its engines rather than the the, the structure of the airplane itself. But if we had a good enough image of it, we could see the structure of the airplane. So it's the blob squatch. So this guy in Para Breakdown, he looks at a lot of blob squatches, has some good explanations for him. He doesn't claim it's 100%, but he knows a bit about the community that puts this kind of stuff up and the, and the websites or the, the YouTube channels that will put this stuff up. And he knows a bit about them. He says, oh, of course, it's from this guy, and this guy's always putting up bullshit. So, you know. So check out Para Breakdown. One of the recent things that he did was uh, there, uh, there was an image. I'll try to find it. There was an Im images going around the Internet of old photographs from the 19th century. You know, the kind where you had to st stand still for a long time for the exposure, you know, those kinds of photographs. They were done on glass or whatever, and, and the negatives were done on glass. And uh, it's these old photographs. Well, there's these pictures coming around now where it's people, human beings, posing with Bigfoots. And the Bigfoots are really gigantically tall uh, compared to the people. I mean, even bigger than than the myths of the Bigfoots are supposed to be. But anyway, just gigantically tall. And for some reason, I think all of them that I've seen, the Bigfoots are holding onto some stick, like a walking stick or something. I don't know why. Well, uh, the the you know para breakdown took a look at that and and just kind of and and explained that what this is is AI. You know, and he, he apparently has some of the background on what's going on here. It's somebody used AI and artificial intelligence to requesting you know pictures from this time period and the style of photograph of people standing with a Bigfoot, and that's what it came up with. And it's just there's a number of them, and there's one in particular that I think it, that got passed around on social media uh, uh, more than the others. Uh, that looks it, they look pretty good. But they still have that slight uncanny valley thing to them. 
Uh, I'll talk more about it when I come back to... Am I up for my next break? Let me take a look. I should be. Damn right I am. Uh, I'll talk more about it when I get back from this uh, this, this second break that I'm going on. So, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dem Fitzsimmons. Enjoy this break. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Carbon monoxide is a colorless, odorless gas that can be fatal. Don't use anything indoors that burns fuel, such as gasoline-powered generators, camp stoves and lanterns, or charcoal grills. Opening doors and windows or using fans isn't enough. Have your vents and chimneys checked to make sure water heater and gas furnace exhausts aren't blocked. If you feel sick, dizzy, or weak while using a generator, get to fresh air right away. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Hey, I almost forgot. It's, it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple-choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that, because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi, B, Jane Goodall, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Snooky, this has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. When you cast your eyes upon the skylines of this once proud nation. Hey, you're welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, talking about this AI stuff and and being used to maybe a new new hoaxing thing. So so now we'll have these pictures of uh, that are really good details of uh, of 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 primate creatures. Let's say big. Let's just keep it with the Bigfoots primate creatures and it, it, it might become as AI gets better and better and better it might become more and more difficult to to figure out that it is AI I don't know maybe it, the, I think world governments are going to have to make decisions on how to deal with artificial intelligence because this could really screw some things up I mean I'm no futurist I don't know but it would seem like you know it, 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 the one thing you could say, uh, for the paranormal type stuff, when all of a sudden we start getting really good images, when after, for for decades now we've had cameras in everybody's phone, 
and they've only and the cameras have only been getting better and better and better and everybody and more and more people have cameras now and we're still not getting better pictures of UFOs of Bigfoots of Loch Ness monster of 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 this the paranormal cryptid whatever's we're not getting better pictures we might be getting more of them but they're none of them are better in quality and the cameras are getting better in those phones why isn't it improving when all of a sudden we'll be able to point to it and, and they'll say, "Well, now look at now look at these great pictures that we're getting." She said, "Seemed to happen at the same time that artificial intelligence uh, images created by artificial intelligence really became a thing. You know, back in the in in the 2020s, when all of a sudden it became a thing. Now all of a sudden we're getting these much better pictures of UFOs and Bigfoots and stuff like that. Hmm, interesting." Isn't that interesting? And so that we we would at least have that that skeptics would be able to say, well, you know, uh, it's interesting that all of a sudden these great images are showing up when after decades of having phones in everybody's goddamn hands, and and people getting all over the you know to places and and being able to to get into places that maybe you know. Uh, uh, that were too wild or just too inaccessible in before or people were working too much so they didn't have the time to go to these places. But now we can. Now we're able to get some of the, the spots, more remote spots, and everybody's got a camera. It's still, after all that time, nothing better than the Patterson-Gimlin film of Bigfoot walking across that clearing in California. Nothing better than that. So now we're going we're, we're gonna to get stuff better than that now. And and the first box you're going to have to tick off as a, as a as a as a skeptic is going to be is it AI? That's the first thing you just is it AI? Is it it's a generated by artificial intelligence? And so these Bigfoot pictures that have been going around exa are exactly that they're generated by artificial intelligence. I'll try to find an image to put on the show notes for you to see, you know, see for yourself, and I'll link to the uh, to the para uh, para breakdown video where he talks about that specifically. But I was thinking then, I mean, as AI gets better, like I was saying, the, the world governments are going to have to come up with some regulations how to deal with it because, I mean, I don't know, it, it could be so bad that actual photographic images not generated by AI, could be dismissed by people that don't want to believe it. Let's say, I don't know, let's say some some politician who accepted, who refused to accept the results of an election, uh, got all of his, or so many of his followers, his supporters, to believe the, that the election that was totally legit, that was completely fair, that had had not the kind of fraud taking place that would have changed the results of the election that it was the one of the most the most secure election in the history of elections that that he somehow convinces this politician somehow convinces his rabid followers that are almost like being in a cult somehow convinces them that the election has been stolen not only from him but from them gets them to attack the US Capitol and all these images and videos come out from that event. Let's say that happens sometime. I, I can't think of that ever happening in the United States. But let's say something like that really does happen. And then these images come out. And the people who support this politician who doesn't want to accept the fact that he lost an election. 
they will look at those pictures and say, and they're totally legit pictures, video that we saw live on television as they were happening, they say, ah, that was all artificial intelligence, none of that happened. They'll have that. They'll be able to dismiss actual images as, as evidence that this happened, and they'll be able to dismiss it by saying, ah, it's fake news. Fake pictures. Fake news. I don't know. That might be something that comes up. That might happen, might it not? It's a good thing nothing like that that I just described, that scenario that I just made up right there on the spot. It's a good thing nothing like that's ever happened in this country. Because, you know, any images we'd have that, well, <laughs> that would have to be AI. Oh, wait a minute, what am I saying? Anyway. <clears throat> it, it's, it's, it, in, in the, I, I, I don't know enough about it to be to 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 really nail this down, but I have seen you know from the creative end, from people who are creatives, illustrators, and designers, and uh, those people that make their livings doing that kind of thing. <laughs> I wish I was one. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it it I've seen some reaction there, and it, it falls in sort of the in the way of um, you know this what AI does is it takes the creatives out of creativity. You just, anybody, some numbnuts can sit down and say, I want you to create uh, an illustration that shows this and do it in the style of, uh, of uh, Bob Peake and, and with a little Sid Mead in it. And then, boom, the computer comes up with an image. It's great. Boom, off it goes. And it's, as it gets better and better. And so then there's... There's sort of like the legacy stuff, like like well, if you are doing it in the style of an illustrator, great illustrator named Bob Peake, that was a fellow that was in the '70s mainly. Um, I think he did, I think he did uh, like the uh, Jesus was it uh, Apocalypse Now poster? I think that's his work. Sid Mead did a lot of work, uh, design work on uh, the film um, Blade Runner, and he's also got a very uh, specific, very recognizable style. There's an artist named Mobius. And I'm saying, oh, let's do, let's create a comic book that's written, that is if it was written by Stan Lee and it was illustrated by Mobius and and it's got uh, Batman in it and you know just kind of throw anything hot pot kind of ideas and then AI does it and there it is. Where's the creatives? Where where are we? Why are we left out of the loop? AI might get to that position, so you know, folks in the creative world are kind of going, eh, they're a little nervous about this, as I understand it. So will jobs be lost? But then the AI can do some really interesting things. I mean, you'd have to deal with the estates of of uh, of the people uh, involved. You'd have to like, you could have a brand new movie. Uh, with Humphrey Bogart starring in it, and Ingrid Bergman starring in it, you could do a brand new movie with them. You could do, using AI, come up with a script, put it together, and create this movie. And you have them in there. I mean, uh, an artificial intelligence gets the voices right. It's, uh, there's enough information out there of how the how the two uh, actors acted. To get to to get that right, to you know, there's there's there could be all kinds of stuff like that that could happen. But of course, the estates of these long dead actors would have to be signing off on it, 
again, I go back to the world governments would need to come up with some way to regulate this to protect uh, uh, people, uh, protect, uh, you know, like, because you could do, I mean, it would be awesome to see a brand new movie with a young Humphrey Bogart in it doing his thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat's starting to get dry. That happens. Down here in the basement, I, you know, I don't, it just happens. But it, would would it feel like a modern, as I'm thinking about it now, would it feel like a modern movie? If you have old-time actors where they all have that mid-Atlantic accent, would it feel like a modern movie? I don't know. But they could do something like, this film was found and unearthed, and it's completely new. The public, 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 uh, public doesn't know that. It's completely new. It's been passed off as a film that came out, um, or that was that was filmed, it was put together, it was edited, and, and gotten ready to release, but for some reason it didn't get released. It got put on a shelf, and it sat on that shelf for 70 years, and here it is now. Could they fool people with that? Excuse me, I'm going to take a swallow of a, of, a, of my soda here. Hold on a moment. Mm -mm, that's some good Dr. Pepper Zero. <clears throat> that would be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that was done. Where, you know, we, we, we discovered this old film. Uh, that wasn't an, it's but in reality it's not an old film at all it's you know artificially intelligence artificial intelligence des designed it or created the film and it's made to look and feel and seem like this was a movie from 1940 something sat on the shelves for 70 plus years well, I guess it'd be 80 years now that yeah, what depends <clears throat> that would be cool uh, it'd be kind of like the like the Blair Witch Project was you know the idea was the filmmakers wanted it to, to wanted the audience to really believe for a little bit anyway that this was really a found footage thing this this really happened that's the, that's that's what they were hoping for I think a little bit but then I don't know I don't know where the law stands on this kind of thing so then. <sighs> And I thought, you know, one of the cool things that AI might be able to do, because because uh, uh, we're going to get a new Beatles song is going to be coming out. And it's not a new song. It's just, it, it comes from the um, the Get Back recording sessions. Uh, Peter Jackson, who put that documentary together, which is really a fascinating documentary. You should watch it. Documentary series about the Beatles putting together the, the, the album that became uh, Let It Be. Uh, and it, leading up to the On the Roof concert that they did, the last time all four of them performed together live as the Beatles. And uh, so that's really good. And uh, this, and they use artificial intelligence to find some of the stuff. And, and they, 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 could, they can, unlike the Free as a Bird and Real Love uh, singles that were done in the mid-90s where they found some old tracks of Lennon's that Yoko said, hey, you guys can use these. And they, they cleaned up his, 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 John's part, and they used that to create fully instrument, you know, fully fleshed out songs, which I like both of them. I think they're great. I think that they're not, are they you know, the greatest Beatles songs? No, but I think they're great. I, I like them both. I don't know why people got so... 
I don't know what we were expecting. There's oh, they're you know, they're kind of downbeat or whatever. They're fine. They're great. Not all the Beatles songs were up and cheery. <clears throat> so, but this is different, as I understand. I understand it. Um, they found some stuff that they were working on, and they can they can AI can allow uh, uh, um, people to to wash out all the noise of old cassette noise, you know, the static and the crackles, and wash all that out, pull, extract just the vocals out of there. I guess they, they used AI to to make a stereo version of, I think it's Revolver. They, 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 they were able to tell the computer to identify each of the instruments and, you know, pull those tracks apart, and then they were able to do a stereo mix of it. Uh, doing that, it's, it's, if I understand this correctly. So that's cool. And then when it comes to film, you know, there's there's lost films that we know about. One in particular, London After Midnight. It's a Lon Chaney, the senior. It's a Lon Chaney film. Lots of still pictures from it of this classic makeup that he did with it. And and there, I think there might even be a script around. We might know some of what was going on there. I wonder how much material that needs to that AI needs to be able to recreate that film. Wouldn't it, I don't know if there's enough out there. I don't know if there's enough information about the film that 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 AI would would be able to get so they could just so it could redo that film because it's lost. It's a lost film. We only know about it through still pictures and I think there might be a script or something but and there might be I don't think there's any um short clips or anything. There are film but there are films like that where old films where there's short clips of it where AI might be able to resurrect some of these lost, uh, lost silent films, if there's enough information out there for it to work with, to at least get a close proximity to what that film would be like, I think that's interesting. I think that would be pretty cool. So um, you know, and then, but then you know, but then there's well, <clears throat> I mentioned this before, porn. <laughs> Could you imagine? You could use AI to make all your favorite Hollywood celebrity types, <laughs> you know, old and new, do porn. Oh, yes. World governments are going to have to do something to keep that from happening because, you know, it's... I, anyway. <laughs> because I'm sure the people wouldn't want their uh, that to happen there. I don't know. Do, am, I, am, I, am I giving artificial intelligence too much credit? For what it can do, I don't know. There's still that uncanny valley thing. Uh, that's where it's you know where we look at something that's like supposed to be human, and we it's just not quite right. There's we're sensing something about it that that's not quite. It's a very close proximity to to being human, like a robot or uh, um, um, uh, computer generated imagery. Imagery, which just it's close. You know, like the why did the film. Uh, Polar Express not do so well. Some think that it's because of the Uncanny Valley thing. It 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 looks like Tom Hanks and sounds like Tom Hanks, but then it's not quite right. It's a little. We find that as human beings, we find that a little creepy. We get a little off put by that. So, you know, there's still a little bit of that. There were pictures of oh, I don't know, some politician who couldn't accept the fact that he lost an election, who was about to be indicted for the first time, mind you. Uh, in in New York City, uh, he was going to be indicted, and, and a bunch of AI pictures came out about what if, <laughs> what might it look like, 
if this certain politician uh, didn't want to go quietly. And the images were very good, but there was stuff about them is just not quite right. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see how, uh, 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 you know, what the world governments are going to do about AI. Because uh, something might need to be done. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, I'll tell you. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Black Mirror uh, Netflix series has a new season out. It's really pretty good. Uh, it's you know it is it's been called like today's Twilight Zone. The shows all have some kind of twist in it, like the Twilight Zone had, uh, and and the show um, really focuses on on technology. Uh, through most of the episodes, there's a there's a technolo technological aspect to it. Um, there, they don't they they take place maybe in just the not too distant future, so the stuff seems like it's possible uh, and all that. Um, in, in fact, it's the first episode. Uh, I think it's called Joan is Awful. Uh, deals with AI and creating uh, a, a Netflix type series and what it does. Uh, to this woman named Joan. Uh, I won't go too deep into it. There's another episode, the second episode uh, of that series. I think there's six of them in the latest one. The second episode is called Lock Henry, and I think that one's that, that one's the most for me the most affecting of the of the episodes that have come out. Um, it's about two young filmmakers. Uh, they're a couple. Uh, fellow is from the the, the male is from. Uh, uh, from from Scotland and the females from America, they met at film school, and they're just out of that, out of film school, and they're going to make a documentary, and they've gone back to Scotland to kind of get working on it and to visit his old the town that he's from, which seems like it's would have been an idyllic uh, uh, travel destination. It should be booming with tourism, but for some reason it's almost a dead. It's like a ghost town. Well, the reason is something happened in the past, not too distant past. Something happened. And it's uh, it involves the the young fellow of the of the two filmmakers. Uh, it involves his his uh, his uh, his father, who was local in local law enforcement. And it had you know it's something that put off the trade uh, the the tourism uh, it put that off of people coming to the town because uh, it didn't seem like it was safe for them. Uh, but then there's a true crime aspect to it. So the girlfriend says, when she finds out the story, she says, hey, this is our documentary, not this kind of thing that you were thinking of doing. This is what we should be doing. So they do. And let me tell you, it takes some turns and it's really good. And so, but <clears throat> I did play this pedantic moment sounder, didn't I? I, I've seen this in other TV shows and movies. I've seen this. And it happens, and Joan is awful. Joan, you know, starts off. She's you know starting her daily routine. She gets up, she showers, and she does her thing. She brushes her teeth, and then she has breakfast. Who does this? Who brushes their teeth before they have breakfast? If you're one of those people who brush your teeth before you have breakfast, and I don't mean, I mean before you 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 have your breakfast at home. If you're one of those people that gets up and does all your morning routine stuff, 
cleaning and all that stuff, and then you head to work and you stop at a place to get breakfast, okay, if you brush your teeth, then fine. By the time you get to where you're going to have breakfast, the minty toothpaste is going to have dissipated its 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 uh, dominance of the flavoring in your mouth. Because have you tried to drink orange juice after you've brushed your teeth with a minty toothpaste? Have you? Have you? It's horrible. So I, she's still at home, and she's and I go, what do you? Who does that? I, I turn to my office and said, who does this? Nobody brushes their teeth before they have breakfast. You shouldn't. Look, the dentists used to tell us back in the day that we brush our teeth three times a day after breakfast, after each meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or supper, whatever you want to call it. That's when you brush your teeth. Well, now they tell you twice a day. All right, okay, twice a day, fine. There's advances in toothpaste, advances in dentistry, the fluoridation of water, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that's fine. <clears throat> but it, it's just, so we're down to two times a day. But you don't, not before you have food. That's part of the reason why you brush your teeth after eating is to clean off the food that's still on your teeth. The stuff that's still in your mouth. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> so I watch, I don't get, I've seen other things where they do that. I just, I just, it just bothers me. It bothers me. And it, that reminds me. <clears throat> I have a friend. <laughs> I have a couple of them. I was with them the other night, and I was going on about something that bothers me. You know, I'm not easily offended, but I am easily annoyed. And it's these little things, these picky little things that just get me, and I just got, and I get worked up about them. And I was going on some, you know, on about something at that, and my friend says to me, "Not, I'm not going to get it quite quoted exactly right, but something to the effect of, Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> what you just you get all worked up over that little nothing that's that nothing that that's what do you, what gear do you have left when it's something big what 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 do you where do you go to when you get this worked up over something that's nothing what do you do when it's something really big and I, I looked at him I said well it's obvious I have a panic attack duh good night Good night, Frau Blucher. Ah, the end of another Dimland Radio. Uh, remember to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. That's Lorraine Newman, not Tracy Lords. Uh, remember, also remember that the answer is never magic, and that you should sleep with the lights off. I'll see you next week. Dimland Radio on Zetar Radio. Host Jim, Doctor Davidson. All that stuff. See you later. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.